So welcome, 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 so welcome to No Stupid, stupid Questions. Hello, everybody. This week, up, folks? It's for real. With T. Leak like, and like, Jag. Like a dungeon drag. What's up? No, no <laughs> specific no order. order. I love no <laughs> Stupid Questions show. <laughs> Can we curse on this show? Do whatever it's we feel. Okay. Time is for question real. for today. No. Like All right. Stupid. So, question. No stupid questions. Jack. Welcome to this episode. Of <laughs> My first question is, who are you? No stupid questions. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of No Stupid Questions Show. You've got Jag and T-Leak. The... What's up, people? How you doing? Oh, okay. Hey. You <laughs> <laughs> said Jag, so I thought I should respond. <laughs> Let them know what your voice sounds like. I hear There you go. <laughs> no Stupid Questions show is the show with two smart people and one stupid question, or so we thought. Or so, so. we thought. T-Leak here, and I'm going to let Jag reveal, do the big reveal on the question for this big evening. Big reveal. That is plaguing us at this time on this date of September 3rd, 2020. We are almost there. Almost somewhere. So somewhere. Where is there? True. Okay. So drum roll. Here we go. <laughs> Does quarantine normalize the abnormal? Hmm. Normal and abnormal. Now, you know, those terms are always, you always got to define. Yes, They can be sticky. Sticky's one word. (laughs) (laughs) So what Uh, do you think? Does quarantine normalize the abnormal? Well, quarantine, by definition, normalizes the abnormal. And especially for the length of time we've been in it, right? Okay. So, although, right, there's that... First of all, no, go ahead. Go ahead with your first of all. (laughs) Have we been in quarantine for a long time? Because some people act like they're not in quarantine, but I don't know if we want to go down that road. (laughs) I watched a rally the other day where nobody had on masks and they were pretty close to each other. So everybody's in quarantine. Let me say this. So whatever your interpretation is, I believe, yes, quarantine normalizes the abnormal and your, your question actually made me rethink that but I'm gonna, I'm gonna that's my out of the gate answer what about you okay I'm gonna have to agree with you on this and say uh-huh. yes quarantine normalizes the abnormal so since yeah, you agree I have to agree let me tell you my my you almost made me pull back a little bit and be like ooh, does it because when quarantine has been going on as long as it has. Is it the new normal? In which case, going back to what we used to do, it's certainly gonna feel abnormal. And is it ever really gonna be the way it was? And so will there be another new normal? Just something to think about. Okay. (laughs) New normal has been a term that has been thrown around quite a bit. A lot of people think a new normal is in our future, but- Well, do they think this is the new normal? That's the question because that's my question is, is quarantine, like we can't stay in quarantine. That, that just seems outrageous. Well, yeah, so I, I would have to say most people think the state we're in right now is transitional. I hope this is not the new normal. You know, let this virus not get contained and we could be in this for quite some time. But, you know, I don't want to go down that road. When you say quarantine normalizes the abnormal, what abnormal are you thinking of? All right. Excellent question. Thank you. I come up with a few every now and then. 
That's not a stupid question. <laughs> the, the abnormal that I'm talking about is, let me start with the definition of quarantine because quarantine is a state period or place of isolation in which people or animals that have arrived from elsewhere or have been exposed to infectious or contagious disease are placed. But the focus that I will take is on a state period or place of isolation. Okay. If we're in isolation, things become, and, and I think about it almost when you, you know, what do they have? Those deprivation tanks? And when you're in when you're in this isolation, you get deprived of certain things. And so things that might have been small parts or no part of your life become much more important. And of course, it depends on what your isolation looks like. But I would say generally, we're not seeing all of the things that we're usually seeing. And, and in particular, what we do see besides our own homes is stuff in the media. And you know, when you talk about media and social media, we all know that there is, there is a implicit bias in that. There are ways that we are seeing things. And then when you add to that in the, the media of today, the absolute avalanche of stuff related to certain topics like, you know, racial unrest, killings of black people, WAP videos, and WAP videos. celebrities with body shapes that are, I don't know. I mean, they may say, oh, it's not cosmetically enhanced because we're in quarantine, but I bet they got that person coming to the house. <laughs> anyway, so you're, you're seeing all these things that now be, are becoming so in your face that it, it, it just changes your normal. What you expect is normal to, to, to actually start to normalize the abnormal in all, in, in that, that, with that media sort of spin. Mm. You, you threw me off on a, you ran me down a rabbit hole that you probably didn't mean to. <laughs> Well, that's tit for tat then, because okay. I went down a rabbit hole too. You said something about a deprivation tank, and you got me thinking about deprivation tanks. And usually they're sensory deprivation tanks. And what those are known for is cutting you off isolation. So it's the same isolation you were talking about, but it cuts you off and, and you experience minimal sensory stimulation when you're in the sensory depri deprivation tank. So it allows you to relax. It allows you to release anxiety. It allows you to free yourself from the outside world and concerns. So what you describe the quarantine doing is exact opposite of that. It is putting, so, so, so there's an action that happens. If a person just quarantines, they could decide to be like in a sensory deprivation tank and cut themselves off and go to a state of higher relaxation. But they're choosing to do something else. And a lot of times oh, they're choosing so he, to do something else is getting on the internet, right. watching TV. And, 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 and yeah, and I, so, what, so what's interesting about what you said is I did say sensory deprivation and, and you know, different sensory deprivation is the ultimate isolation, right? Because we're really isolating, well, I guess, as it says, all of your senses. Right. So the, the problem is that we are still stimulating our senses. Right. We, you could even say hyper-stimulating in some cases with right. a very specific sort of context. And that's what I'm saying is what causes this normalizing of the abnormal. 
so it it yeah it doesn't have the the relaxing effects in fact it has the contrary wow. because i would say you're you're getting hyper stimulated by stuff that for the for the human psyche and this is just me as the layman's psychiatrist talking <laughs> is um in my opinion, potentially harmful because of the normalization of it. Okay, so it's on multiple levels. So you don't point the finger at the news. You don't point the finger at social media, or or maybe they're all in the same bucket now, and maybe that's part of the issue. Yeah. Well, yes. Okay. Uh, well, let's, let's let's so let's ask that question, right? Is the news social media? Is social media the news? Oh, there are journalists all over the world that are would bristle probably, at that comment. Yeah, they would. They would um, throw apples and, <laughs> and mud at you for asking that question because clearly they would say that you cannot equate social media. Well, and, would they? Would they? Because I think there are a lot of journalists that are experiencing the fact that they're being pushed to the side, and so that today's news—not to say that news should be or what they do is social media, but the news is social media. Um, so the question is, which, which is the, the sort of bigger, bigger pot here? Is social media a big category of the news now? Or is the news really what everyone gets their news from, social media? And I would venture to say, definitely, there are people that are not in the social media sphere. And I know several people who have kind of opted out of social media intentionally because it's not balanced. Or does it feel balanced? I, I won't say what it is and what it isn't, but it, it's hard for you to get balance when you have you know people that you follow that cater to what you believe and what you value, and so you're you're seeing all of that most of the time. You're not seeing the balance, and that's that's abnormal too. I mean, you know, you hang out with your friends, yes, but when you go out in the world, you see other people. I guess I don't live in South Dakota and North Dakota, so I know there's not as many black people there. So maybe you don't see a depending on where you live. Well, you probably see some people. It may not be people that that you relate to. Well, um, but that's what I'm saying. I was saying that that kind of contradicts what I was saying. So I had to kind of maybe walk that back because what I'm saying is that you see more of the people that are like you because that's who you follow and that's who you enjoy watching. Not many people intentionally follow different views than their own. So it, it's an interesting, interesting, uh, I might be talking myself out of it. Hmm. Well, let's keep talking and see. So, it's, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's interesting since, since being in quarantine. So let's, let's talk about after Donald Trump, president of the U.S., declared a national health emergency on March 13th of 2020. So the University of California, San Diego researchers found that internet searches surged after and have continued to increase after that announcement. So internet obviously- searches generally, just searching oh, on the I'm internet? I'm sorry, is that what I said? I meant to say, <laughs> I meant to say internet searches for panic attacks. Okay, okay. Which, I don't know if we should parse it, but that seems like that's not just saying that you have some anxiety. That's that's a high level feeling that people are starting to search for. And presumably they're searching because they're they're having what they think is a panic attack. So obviously this coronavirus and this quarantine and has affected people's mental health. The question is <laughs> Are you looking for that question? <laughs> I am I am still looking for that question. 
Well, so what's the abnormal that would lead to panic attacks? You know, if you're comparing yourself to the images that you see on social media, it can affect your self-esteem without question because people are displaying the best part of themselves. And if you compare your, your everyday to the best part of other people, you may get an unrealistic view of where you stand in relation to them. And that can, that can cause some problems. You know, that goes for how, how you look, how much wealth you think you're amassing. It can be pervasive in every aspect of your life. And that's dangerous. I mean, you know, I can, I can handle that, but I know I have kids and I question whether or not my kids can handle that. I happen to have some young teen girls, and I am very conscious of the fact that if they accept images of beauty that is shown to them on social media, they're not going to fit that category because, first of all, they're Black. And the images on social media of beauty don't, even though we've had a few Black Miss Americas, a few Black Miss Universes, the images on social media don't, don't reflect Black people. So I'm, I'm, I'm very conscious and worried about those images that they receive. Mm-hmm. It's a deep problem. I'm not sure how we deal with it. Well, Help me out, I, T. Lee. I, <laughs> how we deal with it. Oh, gosh. So you you looking for a call to action. I don't know if I have it. I was actually, I was curious when you were talking about the way in which, you know, we are using uh, social media now and we were talking about being in quarantine isolation. I was just curious if, anyone's done any research as to whether or not we're using the internet more, period. Um, Because you were talking about internet searches. And I did find that, interestingly enough, Facebook.com, Netflix.com, YouTube.com, starting around the, just shortly after the first U.S. COVID-19 death in February, the end of February, there was a huge spike. So... Facebook.com, 27% increase. Netflix.com, 16%. It was pretty flat before then, if you look. And, and from, from certainly from the beginning of the year. And interestingly enough, they, the additional piece is that they found that we're turning away from our phones. This is a New York Times article, and the virus has changed the way we internet. So we actually are internetting more on the computers. So it's interesting because I'm sure those searches were, you know, <laughs> you're at work, probably afraid you might lose your job. Well, you just lost your job and you're on your computer looking for a new job and you're looking for anxiety attack. Mm. But yes, so there definitely has been a spike. So it does suggest that we're, we've, we've replaced a lot of the, you know, because we're distancing and we're not as social, we've replaced that with an online filler. So I think that that is... That does strike me as, and then of course, as you know, Google Duo, you know, House Party, the app, um, Nextdoor.com, Zoom, Google Classroom, Microsoft Teams, Hangouts has all spiked in terms of usage after after that um, that right. time period. So so yeah, so there's a lot of online time, and as we all know, social media is a suck, right? If you even venture over to Instagram.com, Facebook.com, you know, Twitter.com and you start reading, 50 minutes, an hour will go by, and you're like, oh, oh, Lord, let me. <laughs> so. Right. Can't so get I, that time back. Yeah. <laughs> you wish you could, but you can't. You can't. So, so it, inter- it does, it backs up. I guess this is backup evidence that shows that we're in, we're certainly in the internet world more than we are in the real world. Right. And so is that, to answer the question, I think, 
if that's one of the circumstances of quarantine, then is that part of this normalization of the abnormal? And I would say, given the way media affects us, yes. So some of it's, you know, there have been some, some abnormal things that I think are good. You brought up Zoom. I have, you know, I'm a part of a few different groups that have I you utilized you had Zoom. stock. No, I, I wish I had stock. <laughs> um, but I'm part of a few groups that have used Zoom to keep in touch. And we're doing a better job keeping in touch post-quarantine than we did before. Uh, I've been to a few Zoom dance parties. Uh, with Alumni Association, you know, it's a, it's a good little break from the grind that, that we all have in trying to, you know, put food on our table. So I, I would think, I, I would say those are positives. So would, would, you, would you call that abnormal? So because you said you get together with them more, is it abnormal? Because I would say the abnormal piece of that is that, that it's getting normalized is that we are not having the face-to-face, typically we don't do those things one-on-one, so it becomes right. a little group. Right. And, you know, we're losing, you know, the, the, the human connection that, that sort of, I don't know, you know, you know our, our parents always said that eye-to-eye contact, right. that right. ability to, to touch and all of that. So all of that becomes normalized. I mean, in the past, you know, we always used to say that people that stayed behind their computers and socialized that way, that that was abnormal. Was Actually, abnormal. I think I think that was the word we use. And so and, and so maybe that's the best evidence that we're normalizing it because I I just quoted those things as good things. <laughs> um, but I think it, it it remains to be seen. You know, will will some of these connections, which are shallow connections, no question. You know, a Zoom call with twenty people on it. There's there's no it's deep hard. connection. Yes, there. yes, yes. Um, will will those turn into strengthen deeper connections when people are able to travel again who knows or or maybe they say oh we don't need to get together let's have a zoom call and that would be in my opinion tragic because i think you do need to to actually break bread with people where you actually sit across the table and y'all share a meal or a handshake or a hug i think those are important so hopefully we haven't normalized Zoom instead of face-to-face contact. Personal contact, yeah, real, real life contact. That, that, that would be that that would be tragic. So man, this <laughs> this wasn't supposed to be a depressing show. <laughs> well, okay. So I I think I think the key thing, uh, because yes, I, I'm going back to your anxiety comment is everyone has anxiety about what's going to happen next. Right. And, and, and I think that the key thing to do, or the, the, you know, what do they say? They say one of the best things to do to, to remedy any particular problem is first to acknowledge that there's a problem. Right. So I think being aware that we don't want to normalize this and to keep in mind what are ways that I can balance this what are ways that i cannot be on the internet and i think we you know we've recommended this for even from a health perspective right there are statistics around the fact that being on your computer or your phone the screen you know it affects your sleep the the blue lights right the blue light affects your sleep the fact that you're more depressed the more time you spend on social media if, if you are a social media person so so get a book 
you know, go outside and walk, play games with your family, board games or, you know, so, so what's interesting about what you said about what's positive is how can we normalize a new normal that is, you know, positive that, that maybe, you know, some of the old school normal that actually was beneficial that we got away from and not have the family sitting around all on their screens. Being so being aware, I think, is 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 helpful. So you listening to this show, look at what you can do to to normalize something that actually you didn't do before. And and some families have, right? Some families are right. they're going out for walks more and they're I know you were talking about how you and your family walk together. Right. Um so there are ways in which if you can acknowledge it, then you can do something differently in order to make sure that you don't that, that you don't experience the negative impacts. Right. So so just just to drive the point home a little further, you know, there were several studies that were done before quarantine that talked about studying teenage and young adult users of Instagram, Facebook, and other platforms. And then there was a correlation between those that spent the most time on those platforms and higher rates of depression. So if quarantine has driven us to dive deeper into Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and other platforms, then that, that correlation carried out would have a negative effect on the mental health of young adults and teens. You know, for a 2017 study, half a million eighth through 12th graders, uh, the number exhibiting high levels of depressive symptoms increased 33% from 2010 to 2015. And, you know, suicide rate for girls during that same period increased by 65%, which is mind boggling. How can it increase that much? But guess what? That correlates with putting smartphones in the hands of teens yes. and young adults. Same yeah. time period. Smartphones introduced in 2007. By 2015, 92% of teens and young adults on the smartphone. That's yeah. a direct correlation to those stats about depression and suicide. So if yeah. quarantine has made us dive deeper into that, it's a health crisis. We need to deal with it. We need yeah. to attack it. And it's tough because I will say, you know, my boyfriend's daughter is 11 and she, I don't, I, I, I don't think she used the phone as much as she does. She had other activities that she did, you know, with other kids, sleepovers, things like that. She doesn't have any of that. Right. So she spends most of her time when we can, you know, unless we can pull her out, but she, you know, she gets a little attitude when we, you know, talk about, oh, we're all going to watch a movie. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not as interesting to her now, um, especially because we've done it a couple times now. So, so movie night feels old and we probably watched everything besides that. So it, I, I do think that, or I've observed that the amount of time, certainly for kids, and that's something to, to, Again, you got to be aware of it and you got to be figure out how you can balance that, how you can talk to your kids about what they're doing on social media, what they're seeing. I try to, you know, look over her shoulder and kind of participate. So she at least maybe has some balance in terms of having an interaction with me around the TikTok video that she's watching. Oh, TikTok. Oh, then you know there was so, a spike in that as well, right? The so, spike in that so was ridiculous. Don't tell anybody. Oh no, you on it? Don't tell anybody. But I was in step with President Donald Trump on banning TikTok. Oh <laughs> for different reasons. But I was I was I was rooting for him hundred percent. Cause I want him to be the boogeyman instead of me. Cause <laughs> we're gonna have to take TikTok out of 
out of out of the gray household. Yeah, my 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 family. Well, my oldest, fourteen. She's a TikTok fiend, and the conversations that happen after the extended viewing of TikTok demonstrates that it's not healthy for. Mm. Um, so, what's an example of one of those conversations? Oh, I know there's many. There's many <laughs> from just the, picking up people's views on race and. Mm not informed or intelligent or enlightened views diet advice uh, from people who claim they have lost weight and they're their ideal self off of tiktok you name it it's 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 a lot of it's a lot of misinformation the objectification of women it's just laden with a lot of things that are not healthy for a 14 year old girl 14 year old black girl in particular yeah no. So we're going to take TikTok away the next couple of days. I'm just trying to, I was hoping that the president good? did it for me. Well, you know, I think everything has some limitations. So I don't want to be extremely draconian, but I need to take a hard line on this one. Mm. So have we, I think, I think I've, I've kind of waffled back and forth on this whole question of has quarantine normalized the, abnormal I definitely feel like what we're experiencing is abnormal to your point whether it's good or bad we need to be conscious right there's definitely some good that has come of it I think I've been in touch with more people and connected with people in different ways some of the zoom parties have been very innovative innovative (laughs) (laughs) so it's it's just it's a matter of really being careful about how you look at this situation and are able to move into, to your point, if you know you're in a transitional time, then you act differently than if you know this is how things are going to be. Right. Right. So, you know, I guess my point of view is that obviously this is a forward looking question. Uh, We won't know if it is normalized Mm -hmm. anything until we move to the next stage. But trying to take a positive stance, let's make it normalize the positives and obviously not let it normalize negatives. Let's, let's, Let's try to come out of this with healthy social media use. Let's try to come out of this with healthy interactions. Uh, let's let's call it healthier social media use (laughs) i don't know that it's i think that may be an oxymoron you don't you don't think there could be healthy social media use i guess not (laughs) uh not as a blanket statement i think you can have healthier ways to use it but yeah i don't know about that Anyway, okay. that's my that's I, I, my personal. I'm, I'm 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 with that. So make it healthier. Yeah, and let's 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 take the positives and try to try to try to weed out the negatives, which is which is hard to do because some of those negatives are coordinated and intentional. But, yeah. but let's let's try to be mindful of that and, and figure out what the positives are and make those part of our new normal. And let me let me say this additional point, which is to your what we what we can control that we can normalize the one thing about quarantine is that we control more of our environment if we're at home right we control what's around us what we're doing more so right we're not on the road kind of stuck at the uh, at the wheel 
So look at that as the positive side of things and figure out how, based on the control that you have of the environment, what, to your point, would you do differently since you have this control? What would, what do you want to do that would really benefit you that you know has, has similar to the, the sensory deprivation tanks that can relax you, that can, that also has, you know, sort of long-term benefits and can be a good thing to normalize. Right. So you've got the power more than you ever have now, which is the, I think that's, that's a positive way to look at it. There we go. And I guess the only other thing is as a parent and as parental figures, it's hard to tell kids what to do if they don't see you modeling that behavior. Mm. I know I used to always talk about, not letting kids watch too much TV. But if you put a TV in every room and if they see you watching TV, it's going to be hard to drive home that TV is not a good or enjoyable thing for them to do as well. So some of these decisions may be tough. We may be limiting time on apps and phones and TV or whatever. But let's lead by example. All right. I think that's a wrap. Quarantine may normalize the abnormal, but we can make sure that what is normalized in our households is something that we do want to be the new normal, in the new normal. Right. Make it positive, never negative. All right. No stupid questions, y'all. Thanks. You can ask any question that you want or don't ask no stupid ass questions. (laughs) 